The ACB Braille Forum, Volume 56, September 2017, Number 3, published by the American Council of the Blind, read by Thomasine Berg in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Five five four three zero. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666 or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 605 605- Four seven five eight one five four, and choose option three. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 605-475-8130. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at sign A-C-B-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L Copyright 2017, American Council of the Blind, Eric Bridges, Executive Director, Sharon Lovering, Editor, 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents Senators push for tactile feature on paper currency. ACB Sparks Success Was a Big Success by Janet Dickelman The Reno Roundup ACB's 56th Annual Convention A Sparkling Success by Doug Powell, Deb Cook-Lewis, Susan Glass, and Paul Edwards Scholarships Spark Future Successes by Michael Garrett American Council of the Blind Announces Audio Description Awards Board Approves Affiliate Name Change 
Donation to WBU to Assist Caribbean Representatives by Doug Powell Mini Mall News by Carla Rushevel ACB Radio Holiday Auction The Fun Begins by Carla Rushevel Ski for Light 2018 Affiliate News Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce Listserv. Send a blank email to announce subscribe at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. For news you can use, check out the new ACB Radio World News and Information at www.acbradio.org Check out ACB Radio Mainstream to keep abreast of happenings in the blind community. Senators push for tactile feature on paper currency. Washington, July 6, 2017 U.S. Senators Ron Wyden, Democrat, Oregon, John Boozman, Republican, Arkansas, and Sherrod Brown, Democrat, Ohio, today pushed for the United States to begin producing paper currency that includes tactile features to allow Americans who are blind or visually impaired to quickly differentiate between different monetary values. In a letter to the director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, the senators noted there are more than 180 countries that issue paper money, but the United States alone continues to print currency in identical sizes and colors. Without the ability to tell different bills apart by touch, Americans who are blind or visually impaired have more difficulty using cash to make purchases. It is paramount that all Americans are able to engage in commerce, including the approximately 24.7 million Americans experiencing difficulty seeing even when wearing their glasses or contacts, the senators said. Accordingly, we would like to inquire into the status, cost, and timeline for implementation of tactile features on Federal Reserve notes. Courts ordered the U.S. Treasury Department in 2008 to provide meaningful access to paper currency for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. In 2011, the Treasury Department outlined three steps the department would take to create better accessibility, including a raised tactile feature to allow visually impaired persons to differentiate currency by touch. The Treasury Department set a target date for beginning to issue bills with a tactile feature by 2020, but has since said it is years behind schedule. The full text of the letter is below. United States Senate, 
Washington, D.C., 20510. July 6, 2017. Leonard R. Olijar, Director of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, Department of the Treasury, Bureau of Engraving and Printing, 14th and C Streets, Southwest, Washington, D.C., 20228. Director Olijar, of the more than 180 countries issuing paper currency, the United States is the only country to issue paper money in congruent sizes and identical coloring for all denominations. As you know, because of this, people who are blind or visually impaired are unable to distinguish the denominations of U.S. currency without the assistance of a sighted person or technology. It is paramount that all Americans are able to engage in commerce, including the approximately 24.7 million Americans experiencing difficulty seeing even when wearing their glasses or contacts. Accordingly, we would like to inquire into the status, cost, and timeline for implementation of tactile features on Federal Reserve notes. It is concerning that the United States continues to lag behind the rest of the world on this matter. The Bureau of Engraving and Printing, the Bureau, must ensure as soon as possible that people who are blind or visually impaired are able to easily determine the value of currency. According to a 2014 GAO report examining the Bureau's progress towards this goal, the Bureau was behind schedule on meeting the milestone of selecting a tactile feature application method and application material, which has raised concerns that the Bureau will not meet its goal of ensuring that the $10 note is ready for production as soon as possible. Although the Bureau has provided currency reader devices to people who are blind or visually impaired at no cost, and has developed an application to further increase access, it is unsatisfactory that a portion of our population is forced to use electronic devices to be able to engage in commerce. Advocates have raised concerns that many people with visual impairments already carry several assistive devices, and a currency reader requires these individuals to carry yet another device. Additionally, because of the time that it takes to use a reader, the device does not allow a person who is visually impaired to identify currency as quickly as a tactile feature. Given the importance of implementing a tactile feature on not just the $10, but the $5, $20, $50, and $100 Federal Reserve notes, we respectfully ask that 1. The Bureau provide an update on steps that have been taken to have the final design concepts for the $5, $10, and $20 notes ready by August 18, 2020. 2. The Bureau provide a deadline for finalizing the selection process for a tactile feature. 3. The Bureau provide a deadline for when the $10 bill will be ready for production with a tactile feature. 4. The Bureau provide detailed information on the cause of the delay if those deadlines will not be met. 5. The Bureau provide a timeline with concrete milestones for the implementation of a tactile feature on the $50 and $100 notes. We respectfully request a reply to these questions no later than July 31, 2017. We appreciate your attention to this matter. Sincerely, Ron Wyden, U.S. Senator. John Boozman, U.S. Senator. Sherrod Brown, U.S. Senator. 
ACB Spark's Success Was a Big Success by Janet Dickelman The messages of praise for the hotel staff, convention committee members, and our convention volunteers have been overwhelming. The Nugget Casino and Resort was very welcoming and, as promised, they had almost all their remodeling completed when we arrived. Their staff was very helpful and really enjoyed hosting ACB. Thanks to Rick Coolmey and the Nevada Host Committee members for all their hard work and assistance in planning the convention. I couldn't coordinate this convention without the help and support of my wonderful and hard-working convention committee. Marjorie Beeman worked her magic once again at the Nugget, in spite of the construction to make sure our accessibility needs were met at the hotel and that everyone had a good experience at the airport. Sally Benjamin recruited a great group of volunteers. They were everywhere and extremely polite and helpful. Danielle McIntyre ran all over the place helping with the walk, the auction, DKM reception, and the mini-mall. Rick Morin kept our AV equipment running and did an amazing job with ensuring that our assistive listening devices worked in the various meeting rooms despite last-minute meeting room changes. Vicki Prayen was a great source of convention materials, and the information desk ran smoothly under her leadership. Michael Smitherman once again made sure the exhibit hall ran flawlessly. Rhonda Trott did a marvelous job as tour coordinator. I hope you agree that we had some outstanding tours. Thank you to our outgoing officer liaison, Carla Rushevel, whose guidance has been invaluable. The registration staff worked really hard to ensure that registration went as smoothly as possible. Next year, we'll dedicate longer hours for pre-registration pickup. Now it is on to St. Louis's Union Station in 2018. Convention dates are Friday, June 29th, through Friday, July 6th. Our first tours will be on June 29th and final tours on July 6th. Our opening general session will be held Saturday evening, June 30th, with general sessions Sunday through Wednesday morning and all day Thursday, followed by the banquet. Room rates at Union Station are $89 plus tax. This rate applies for up to two people in a king room and up to four guests in a room with two queen beds. Room tax is currently 16.92%. Staying in touch. Once again, the convention announce list will be filled with information regarding the 2018 ACB Conference and Convention. You can subscribe to the list today by sending a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org. If you received updates for the 2017 convention, you do not need to subscribe again. Convention Contacts 2018 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 A-M-D-U-O at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot net 2018 Advertising and Sponsorships Marjorie Beeman 512-921-1625. 512-921-1625. OLEO50 at HOTMAIL.com. 
For any other convention-related questions, please contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059 or via email janet dot d-i-c-k-e-l-m-a-n at g-m-a-i-l dot com. The Reno Roundup, ACB's 56th Annual Convention, A Sparkling Success, by Doug Powell, Deb Cook-Lewis, Susan Glass, and Paul Edwards. This year's convention theme was ACB Spark Success, and by all measures, the convention was a success. You can listen to convention general sessions, plus many other program sessions, either individually or by subscribing to a podcast feed. To get to the general session recordings, go to acbradio.org slash acb-events. If you use a podcatching device such as a Victor Stream or an iDevice using Downcast or Overcast, subscribe to the feed at acbradio.org slash acb-events dot xml. Saturday. President Kim Charlson opened the 2017 convention by welcoming attendees and listeners on ACB Radio to Sparks, Nevada. Rick Coolmey, president of the Nevada Council of the Blind, welcomed us to Nevada and asked Kim to read the welcome letter from Governor Brian Sandoval. Kim then gave her president's report, which included, Thanks to the Alexandria and Minneapolis staffs and contract employees. She thanked Carla Rushevel, outgoing treasurer, and Jeff Tom, outgoing first vice president. She also thanked husband Brian and life sister Vicky. Kim acknowledged the contributions of our Facebook and Twitter presences to our being known and followed in the online world and thanked the teams who keep up with those outreach efforts. Kim thanked ACB's Giving Society, 223 individuals and 40 corporations who contributed to the financial ability of the organization to do our work. J.P. Morgan Chase's support that allowed us to bring five leadership fellows to the convention. Last year's Volunteer Hours Reporting Program logged 17,758 hours of members' time devoted to serving the membership. That in-kind contribution translates to over $420,000. A recent survey on our interest in audio description resulted in 489 respondents bolstering our assertion that people who are blind or visually impaired around the country want more description on broadcast, satellite, and cable television. ACB continues to advocate against threats to limit or discredit the ADA. We are also fighting the recent trend of restaurants to provide inaccessible online meal ordering, such as at Itza and Domino's Pizza websites. H.R. 2050, the Medicare Demonstration and Coverage of Low Vision Devices Act of 2017, has been reintroduced to this Congress. Ask your congressional representatives to sponsor this bill. Our fight for accessible currency continues. The new Secretary of the Treasury suggested that the currency readers distributed in recent years met his legal responsibility. 
We are appealing a lower court's agreement with this argument, and we continue to insist that Treasury move forward in a timely fashion to distribute currency with tactile markings. ACB has developed a new strategic plan that focuses on advocacy policy and legislation, affiliates and membership, conventions and meetings, development, and marketing and communications. The Board of Directors, staff, and several leaders of state and special interest affiliates have developed a set of goals, associated action steps, time frames, and accountable leaders to drive and complete the objectives. A summary is in development and will be distributed to leaders and posted on the ACB website. ACB Link has been downloaded by 5,000 people so far. An Android version is due for release in the fall. Kim acknowledged the leadership of Jeff Bishop on this project. ACB Radio helps connect members by Internet and through telephone access. Kim encouraged us to continue to fight for our goals. Dan Spoon gave background on the ACB Angels program. Friends introduced two new angels, Otis Stevens, Tennessee, and John Fleming, Oregon. Susan Mazrui from AT&T emphasized the partnership that ACB and AT&T have had over the years to bring change to phones and TVs and other communication devices. She then introduced Suman Kanuganti from IRA. He started a company to give people who are blind or visually impaired real-time access to environmental information on which they can make their own decisions. The blind or visually impaired explorer wears a camera and is connected with an agent who gives them information upon which to act. Kim then introduced Eve Anderson, engineering and product manager on the core team on accessibility at Google. Eve spoke about several accessibility innovations on products such as Android phones, Chrome OS, G Suite, and Google Sites. They are also working on educating developers on accessibility and providing accessibility testing products. After hearing about two more angels, Philo 2, Hawaii, and Sandy Sanderson, Alaska, Kim introduced Jessica Rayfuse, NGO Program Manager at Microsoft. Jessica highlighted the strides toward accessibility Microsoft has made in the last 18 months, largely due to the relationship that ACB developed with them. Following Jessica's presentation, we met ACB's new life members, Marilyn Kirchner, Missouri, Jerry Herndon, Tennessee, Robert Humphreys, Florida, Alice Richart, Georgia, and Marcia Farrow, Georgia. Kenneth Semyon Sr. then introduced the Durward K. McDaniel first-timers, J.R. Kinnison, Washington, and Graham Steele, Wyoming. Friends introduced Angels B.H. Newman, Tennessee, and Patricia Beattie, Virginia. Eric Bridges reminded attendees of the contributions J.P. Morgan Chase has made to ACB and asked Semyon to introduce the five leadership fellows, Anthony Akamine, Hawaii, Lori Allison, Washington, Sarah Harris, California, Daisy Russell, Massachusetts, and Michelle Zentz, North Dakota. John Huffman presented the first credentials report. Three state affiliates were not seated because their membership fell below the number needed to qualify for an affiliate vote, Connecticut, New Mexico, and South Carolina.
The last angels to be recognized were Frank Murdoch, Louisiana, Alice Richards Guide Dogs, Georgia, and Janice Peterson Kent, D.C. The affiliate roll call followed. Sunday. After adoption of the standing rules and program and a couple of reports, Tom Tiernan, CEO of VFO, summarized recent innovations at AI Squared, Freedom Scientific, Optilec, and the Passiello Group. He described the L-Braille, a portable PC running Windows 10 and utilizing a focus Braille display and keyboard. He said that JAWS screen readers are now installed at many Wells Fargo banks and on Carnival's cruise ships. We heard next from Karen Kenninger, director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. She outlined five goals for NLS. Maintain quality. Add more content. Leverage technology to improve reading and delivery. Expand the patron base and improve Braille literacy. Recent NLS accomplishments include distribution of more than 50,000 currency readers and the release of Bard Express and Bard Mobile. This year, NLS expects to add 1,000 new commercial titles to its collection and 2,000 titles recorded by talking book narrators. All 37,000 cassette titles in the Bard collection will be converted to cartridge by summer's end. She described the Orbit Reader and a Braille display that will deliver books digitally. The Orbit Reader will be piloted first at Perkins and by next summer at eight regional libraries. NLS is also considering design possibilities for the next generation of talking book machines. Next to speak was United Nations Ambassador W. Aubrey Webson, representing Antigua and Barbuda. He said that one major initiative of the United Nations is social development goals. He said that the United States is not addressing some of these goals and cited our failure to ratify the Marrakesh Treaty and the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities as two examples. Finding gainful employment, he added, is the greatest challenge facing blind people throughout the world. Webson received this year's Durward K. McDaniel Ambassador Award. He accepted it in the name of his ancestors and his family, whom he said were responsible for his success. Awards Committee co-chair Shelley Hart presented the Visually Impaired Veterans of America with an Affiliate Growth Award for increasing its membership by 327%. The Utah Council of the Blind received the Affiliate Growth Award for having added 65 new members. The Board of Publications presented this year's Ned E. Freeman Award to Jamie Pauls for his article on the benefits and challenges of using UEB. Mike Duke received this year's Vernon Henley Media Award in recognition of his consistently excellent ACB reports and many other media contributions that benefit ACB. Will Shell, Attorney Advisor, Disability Rights Office, Federal Communications Commission, spoke next. He described the National Deaf-Blind Equipment Distribution Program, which distributes telecommunications equipment to people who are low-income and deaf-blind. Launched as a pilot program in 2012, it is now a permanent program that spends $10 million annually to ensure that those in need receive equipment and services. Resolutions Chairman Mark Reichert read three resolutions. All were adopted. Monday. 
The session opened with several sponsor presentations. Then Mitch Pomerantz, chair of the nominating committee, gave the slate of nominees for office. They were Kim Charlson, president, Dan Spoon, first vice president, John McCann, second vice president, Ray Campbell, secretary, and David Trott, treasurer. John Huffman, chair of the Constitution and Bylaws Committee, presented the first reading of a proposed bylaw amendment. Presiding officer John McCann introduced Michael Garrett, ACB scholarship chair, who acknowledged the three CCLVI scholarship winners before presenting the 2017 class of ACB scholarship winners. See Scholarships Spark Future Successes elsewhere in this issue. After the break, we heard from Lainey Feingold, author of Structured Negotiations, A Winning Alternative to Lawsuits. She noted that this is the first time she has discussed the book with so many of the people who are in it. It all began with the Talking ATM initiative, then online banking, American Cancer Society, Weight Watchers, Major League Baseball, Safeway, point-of-sale devices, healthcare, audio description, accessible pedestrian signals, talking prescription labels, financial services, and more. Kirk Adams, president and CEO of AFB, spoke next. He updated us on new strategic destinations and directions at AFB. The foundation works to reduce barriers in all aspects of life for blind people. As part of AFB's strategic planning, they are identifying critical issues, using research and analysis to understand the problems, and transferring that knowledge to people who can make strategic decisions on behalf of people who are blind. We then heard from Dr. Sharon Sachs, superintendent of the California State School for the Blind. Schools for the Blind are doing well, she noted, but are serving a more complex and diverse group of students who are blind, visually impaired, deaf-blind, and multiply disabled. Many schools have great outreach programs providing support to students who are not enrolled at the school. Schools for the Blind provide an expanded core curriculum which can be done during the year, in short courses or in the summer. IDEA has not been reauthorized, but the Cogswell-Macy Act is moving forward. New guidelines are needed to modernize education for blind students. Every student deserves the opportunity to achieve their highest potential. Judy Dixon, Secretary of Ski for Light International, described the week-long cross-country skiing program in some detail. The 2018 event will be held at the Nugget Casino and Resort. For more information, visit sfl.org. Tuesday. The first item of business was the second reading of a bylaw amendment that would raise member-at-large dues to $10. It was approved. Secretary Ray Campbell introduced the first speaker of the day, Madeline Bazard, talking book narrator from the American Printing House for the Blind. She spent much of her presentation describing her career as an actor in films, dinner theaters, on TV in a soap opera, and in commercials. She also spent some time talking about fires and floods at her home. During the flood, she had a somewhat unnerving encounter with a beaver. Interspersed with her reminiscences were lots of tidbits about the recording process. 
Amazon's Peter Korn gave an interactive presentation where he showed how the voice worked on the Fire TV stick, the Kindle Fire, and other devices such as the Echo. He began by showing a video of disabled customers who use Amazon devices. Much of the presentation was given over to a demonstration of how Amazon's screen reader, VoiceView, works in conjunction with Alexa and the Echo on various devices connected to Amazon's new TV. He concluded by showing how to set up audio description and where to find the latest list of the more than 100 audio-described movies now available from Amazon. After the break, Eric Bridges, ACB's executive director, presented his report. He announced that, after lots of work, ACB's website will be ready for primetime in November. Eric spent some time describing ACB's new strategic plan. There are five focus areas. Affiliate membership, marketing and communications, convention and meetings, development, and advocacy, policy, and legislation. A team has been assigned to each area, and each team is developing goals and measurable outcomes for its area. Eric stressed that all the areas are interrelated and what we do in one area will have an immediate impact in the others. He highlighted the role that corporations are now playing at ACB. Over the last five years, contributions to our convention have increased by $220,000. More important, corporations are at our convention listening to our members and responding to the needs of people who are blind. Eric stressed that we are not changing what ACB is. We are finding ways to make sure that others know about the awesomeness that is ACB. Tony Stevens discussed the Achieving a Better Life Experience Act of 2014, ABLE. This law allows people who have become disabled before the age of 26 to set up 529A accounts, where, even for those on SSI, up to $100,000 can be saved and used for disability support purposes. Tony encouraged everyone to visit ablenrc.org, where this whole program is detailed. He stressed that this program really represents good news for people with disabilities. Cameron Rolls, a member of the Board of Directors of Vision Australia, spoke next. He informed us that his organization is primarily a provider of services who, last year, decided to focus on four main issues, employment, education, independence, and social inclusion. He highlighted the passage by the Australian government of the Disability Insurance Scheme, which made funds available that individuals with disabilities could use to purchase services they felt were needed to make their lives better. This new scheme puts more power into the hands of people with disabilities who can choose who to pay for the services they want. Rolls suggested this is a wonderful time in the world to be blind because many companies and organizations are including accessibility in what they do. But organizations around the world need to work together to make sure the future for people who are blind remains bright. The rest of the morning was spent on resolutions. Wednesday after the adoption of a handful of resolutions, Kim acknowledged the hard work and service of Carla Rushevel as ACB treasurer. 
Janet Dickelman, convention coordinator, reported that many of the challenges experienced this year resulted from construction at the hotel just prior to convention, making it difficult to develop orientation information and plan use of spaces. Janet thanked the convention committee, ACB staff, pre-registration and information desk people, volunteers, streaming and sound, tours, exhibit hall, and the host affiliate. In 2018, the convention will be in St. Louis, Missouri, from June 29 through July 6 at the Union Station Hotel. In 2019, convention will be held in Rochester, New York, at the Radisson and Hyatt Hotels. The rate for both years is $89 per night. We next heard from Tony Stevens, who moderated a panel presentation, Weathering the Changing Landscape of Rehabilitation Services in a Post-WIOA Era. Mark Reichert, AFB's Director of Public Policy and Strategic Initiatives, talked about the Foundation's agenda on aging and vision loss. He referred to afb.org slash A-G-I-N-G as a wonderful resource on current activities. He noted that only 2% of those who could potentially benefit from older blind services currently receive them. Clark Ratchful, Program Manager Public Policy, National Industries for the Blind, explained that NIB believes the Department of Education went beyond congressional intent in defining competitive, integrated employment and eliminating uncompensated outcomes and homemaker exemptions. As a result, in some cases, VR has told NIB agencies they can no longer work with them in any capacity, and in other states, blind people are not referred to Ability One employment opportunities because they will not be counted as closures. NIB wants individuals to have informed choices and believes that its agencies are a good choice for many people. Rosa Gomez, Assistant Deputy Director, Special Services Division, California Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, explained the role and mission of the National Council of State Agencies for the Blind, NCSAB. She stressed the importance of individualized, separate services for individuals who are blind. She added that vocational rehabilitation is one of the best-kept secrets— People need to know what services are available to them. Reichert said that the U.S. is failing to provide adequate services for older people in general and for people with vision loss in particular, citing lack of funding, personnel, and awareness as major issues. Ratchful said that NIB provides meaningful employment and rehabilitation services for 5,800 people who have limited opportunities or have exhausted other options. These people are written off as not rehabilitated. This needs to change. What one thing would make the most difference for people in the coming years? Reichert said the key is coordination and collaboration to maximize existing resources across programs. Gomez said the investment in youth required by RSA is designed to provide a solid foundation leading to employment and independence. Ratchful recommended changing regulatory language to recognize the viability of NIB programs as an employment option for many people and breaking down the thinking that says these organizations are sheltered with limited opportunities. Stevens stressed the need for more people to be involved with their state's rehabilitation council.
He emphasized that one size does not fit all. There is diversity and regulations need to be flexible enough to meet real needs across the lifespan. Reichert noted the collaborative efforts to expand services in Texas. Ratchville said we need to be the faces for the issues that are important to us. Stevens summarized the presentation as a call to collaboration, empowerment, and getting involved. Following the adoption of a few resolutions, the convention heard from Craig Medder, president and CEO of the American Printing House for the Blind. APH just completed a strategic plan with a renewed focus to provide service to blind and low-vision people of all ages. APH is also conducting a consumer survey to determine what accessibility means. Visit aph.org ac to learn more. The Resource Development Committee reported that the MMS program has gained $4,000. The auction raised over $16,000 and the walk raised $63,000. Joel Snyder updated us on the audio description project. On July 13, the FCC was scheduled to vote to increase audio description to seven hours on network television. There are more than 1,000 hours of described content for Netflix. Amazon announced that titles will now be described. In 2018, all movie theaters in the U.S. will have audio description equipment. And for the first time, the Olympics were audio described. For more information, visit acb.org slash ADP. Thursday. The day began with a number of sponsor presentations. Kim Charlson then introduced Jenny Lay Fleury, Chief Accessibility Officer at Microsoft, who talked about the present and future of accessibility at Microsoft and shared her story and passion for accessibility as a person with a disability. Tony Stevens presented the National Advocacy and Legislative Update. ACB's advocacy efforts this past year included support for additional audio-described content, service animal issues with drivers for rideshare companies, and air carrier service animal regulations, reintroduction of Medicare coverage for low-vision devices, and participation in the Agenda on Aging and Low Vision spearheaded by AFB. State affiliate efforts are crucial to advocacy. Nevada passed a bill requiring accessible labeling for prescription drugs. Tennessee passed legislation requiring detectable warnings in certain locations that can readily be seen by individuals with low vision. And Florida successfully partnered with a company that makes voting technology to increase voting accessibility. He challenged us to exercise our rights by speaking out this year. Nancy Marks Becker gave the Treasurer's report on Carla's behalf. ACB ended 2016 with a net surplus of $187,000. There has not been a net surplus since 2008 that has not involved receipts from a bequest. And then it was time for elections. ACB's officers for 2017-18 to are Kim Charlson, President, Dan Spoon, First Vice President, John McCann, Second Vice President, Ray Campbell, Secretary, David Trott, Treasurer. The board positions vacated by Dan Spoon and David Trott were filled by Jeff Tom and Doug Powell. The BOP position vacated by Doug Powell was filled by Donna Brown. 
During elections, Mark Reichert read several resolutions, most of which were adopted. A resolution calling upon the Gaming Commission and the other regulatory authorities to increase accessibility of gaming machines was referred to the Information Access and Environmental Access Committees. For a complete summary of all adopted resolutions, watch for an article in a future issue. John Huffman conducted the second reading of two amendments that would eliminate procedures that are no longer relevant and officially sanctions use of the Affiliate Member Management System, AMMS. The amendments passed. Scholarships Spark Future Successes by Michael Garrett It's in the process. The process that leads to a particular planned result. If you were not at this year's ACB conference and convention in Sparks, Nevada, you missed the result of the process that your scholarship committee used to select this year's scholarship winners. Indeed, the committee did it again, selecting another outstanding class of students. There were over 100 initial applicants, which made the selection process difficult. However, after much deliberation, the committee finally decided on this group of students. The awards presented ranged from $1,500 to $4,000, which represented an increase in the amount we were able to give. The list of scholarship winners is below, along with their fields of study and schools. Bay State Council of the Blind Scholarship Matthew Schifrin, majoring in Contemporary Improvisation, New England Conservatory, Boston, Massachusetts. Blue Ridge Scholarship Miranda Borka, Bachelor of Science in Social Work, Liberty University, Lynchburg, Virginia. Dwayne Buckley, Memorial Scholarship. Trin Ha, Bachelor of Science in Nutrition, University of Central Arkansas, Conway, Arkansas. Dr. S. Bradley Burson Memorial Science Scholarship and Norma Schechter Memorial Scholarship. Olivia Charland, Bachelor of Science in Environmental Sciences, University of Vermont, Burlington, Vermont. Kelly Cannon Memorial Scholarship. Michael Fulton, Bachelor of Science in Information Technology, Western New England University, Springfield, Massachusetts. William G. Corey Memorial Scholarship, Benjamin Chase, Bachelor of Science in Psychology, Lebanon Valley College, Anvil, Pennsylvania. Marsha Dresser Memorial Scholarship, Amber Street, Bachelor of Science in Elementary Education, Cutstown University, Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Eunice Fiorito Memorial Scholarship, Moses Babafemi, Master of Science in Rehabilitation Counseling, California State University, Fullerton, California. John Hebner Memorial Scholarship, Leonard Moore, Ph.D. in Adult Education, North Carolina State University, Raleigh, North Carolina. James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship, Matthew Turner, Master of Finance, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oregon Council of the Blind Scholarship, Kasim Saad, Master of Science in Nuclear Engineering, Portland State University, Portland, Oregon. The Ross N. Pangier Foundation for the Visually Impaired Scholarships. Matthew Miller, Bachelor of Science in Actuarial Science, Michigan State University, East Lansing, Michigan. Kartik Sawney, Master of Computer Science, Stanford University, Stanford, California. Sasha Samua, 
Bachelor of Business Administration, George Washington University, Washington, D.C. Floyd Qualls Memorial Scholarships Melod Bokori, Master of Public Health, Westchester University, Westchester, Pennsylvania Abby Edwards, Ph.D. in Clinical Health Psychology, Wright State University, Dayton, Ohio Dora Hernandez, Master of Science in Rehabilitation Counseling, University of Northern Colorado, Greeley, Colorado. Ethan Markowitz, Bachelor of Business, Northwestern University, Evanston, Illinois. Cassandra Mendez, Bachelor of Science in Computer Engineering, Ohio State University, Columbus, Ohio. Arnold Sadler Memorial Scholarship. Lindsay Ball, Bachelor of Science in Physical Education, State University of New York, Brockport, New York. This class was brimming with talent, intelligence, and enthusiasm. The variety of abilities ranged from one of our winners appearing in an off-Broadway production to one slated for employment at Microsoft upon graduation. There was a strong sense of camaraderie among the group and an eagerness to tackle their chosen pursuits. The Scholarship Committee sincerely thanks the following people and groups for their help this year. ACB students for their mentoring, partnerships, and showing the winners the convention ropes. The donors who provided funding. Our sponsors, which included RSVA, Cox Communications, and ACB Lions. And our Minnesota office staff, along with Janet Dickelman. You guys really made it happen. We wish these students all the best. May they reach their goals and have strength to withstand life's tests. Applications for the 2018-2019 school year will be posted online November 1, 2017. We look forward to presenting another group of deserving winners next year. American Council of the Blind announces Audio Description Awards. Washington, July 10, 2017. The American Council of the Blind proudly announces the 2017 Achievement Awards in Audio Description, an initiative of the Council's Audio Description Project. In conjunction with ACB's 56th Annual Conference and Convention in Reno, Nevada, the awards were presented at a plenary session of the conference before almost 1,000 people who are blind, ACB members, convention attendees. Winners are listed below. Achievement in Audio Description, Performing Arts, Lori Ward, Tennessee Performing Arts Center, Nashville, Tennessee, for a comprehensive program of audio description for all productions throughout the year, with 100 attendees on average for performances. Achievement in Audio Description, Media, ACB Digital for its app which allows for program viewing with audio description. No other network currently provides such an app that includes description. Achievement in Audio Description International ABLE, New Zealand For the non-profit organization's program providing captioning and audio description for television, now totaling more than 40 hours per week. Achievement in Audio Description International Dr. Anna Jankowska, Poland, for her work as the president of the Seventh Sense Foundation, where she develops audio description and organizes screenings at the Krakow Film Music Festival, gathers volunteers and trains them in creating audio description. Special Recognition Achievement in Audio Description 
Timothy Wynn, Florida, for his work as a consistent contributor on many aspects of audio description via the ADP Listserv, the ADP website, and to TV networks and Netflix regarding audio description tracks or delivery systems. Dr. Margaret R. Fansteel Memorial Achievement Award in Audio Description, Research and Development. ActiveView, California, for the ActiveView app, which offers audio description as well as closed captions, amplified audio, sign language interpretation, and multiple languages in movie theaters. Barry Levine Memorial Award for Career Achievement in Audio Description. Diane Johnson Descriptive Video Works Canada for her founding of Descriptive Video Works, breaking new ground and removing old barriers by using audio description to make television, film, and other visual media accessible to people who are blind or have low vision. The Achievement Awards are made to individuals and or organizations for outstanding contributions to the establishment and or continued development of significant audio description programs. The Barry Levine Memorial Award for Career Achievement in Audio Description recognizes an individual for outstanding contributions to the field of audio description over an extended period of time, leading, inspiring, or providing significant service to others. For more information about the Audio Description Project, visit www.acb.org slash ADP. Board approves affiliate name change. Donation to WBU to assist Caribbean representatives by Doug Powell. The ACB Board of Directors held its pre-convention board meeting at the Nugget Casino and Resort on June 30th. All directors were present, with Carla Rushevel participating by phone and Doug Powell substituting for Ron Brooks as the Board of Publications representative. After the agenda, electronic voting and past minutes were approved, Kim gave the President's report. Since Eric Bridges stood in for Kim, he gave a report on the North America-slash-Caribbean Regional Meeting of the World Blind Union, WBU, in Canada in March. One issue he mentioned was the ongoing concern that Caribbean representatives have been financially unable to attend meetings. The board approved a donation of up to $250 to assist those members with travel expenses to attend the next meeting. Kim invited Cameron Rolls from the Vision Australia Board of Directors to address the board. He discussed the challenges both organizations face. He recommended close cooperation on issues of mutual benefit, such as advocating for Blackboard accessibility for blind and visually impaired students around the world. Next, the board approved the request of Old Dominion Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired President, Marie Brignas, to approve a new charter reflecting a name change to the American Council of the Blind of Virginia. The board then heard a number of staff reports. Executive Director Eric Bridges mentioned that he has continued to represent our interests at the CSUN conference and presenting at Microsoft's all-staff meeting on the company's Ability Day. Eric mentioned several companies, including Uber, that have established accessibility offices for their disabled customers. Eric also mentioned the new strategic planning process, which ACB leaders began last fall. He described the progress that teams have made in fleshing out the implementation plans for each of the five focus areas, which were discussed later in the meeting. 
Kelly Gask, staff assistant in the Alexandria, Virginia office, updated us on the new ACB website, which is scheduled for release in November. Although the homepage links will be similar to current ones, there will be changes which, it is hoped, will make the site more logical and easier to navigate. There will be extensive testing to ensure that the site works well from day one. Eric announced a recent project between Google, the University of Hawaii, ACB, and the National Parks to describe several park facilities in California. After a break, we heard an energizing song for the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, composed and performed by the choir director at the West Virginia School for the Blind. Next, Tom Tobin and Joe Lynn Bailey Page gave a generally positive development report. Tom is looking for compelling stories of how people who are blind or have low vision are achieving successful outcomes. If you know of someone, please contact him at the national office. Tony Stevens has been extremely busy with different advocacy issues. ACB is gaining a larger, more respected voice with other disability coalitions and private corporations to advance our goals. Since the regular legislative and regulatory avenues are not always promising, Tony and Eric continue to look for alternative ways to advance our issues. There may be positive movement on the Medicare Low Vision Demonstration Program this fall. The Marrakesh Treaty is stalled for the moment, but has bipartisan support. ACB is still working with staffers and career professionals who are willing to work with us to forward our agenda. ACB Braille Forum editor Sharon Lovering gave her report. She mentioned that 59 ACB members and friends have passed away this year. She is working on cataloging all of the archival material in the office. She's completed the tapes and has started work on the photos and videos. The oldest cassette she found was from November of 1970. The oldest photo is from October 1965, President Hubert Humphrey signing the White Cane Day proclamation with Durward McDaniel at his side. She's also having some trouble identifying people in the older photos, but she finds it fascinating work. Larry Turnbull gave the update on ACB Radio, including the fact that over half of the listenership of ACB Radio comes from people calling into Audio Now. As well as carrying affiliate conventions, the live event stream covered the World Blind Union meeting last August and National Braille Press events. Treasure Trove still leads the other streams as the most listened to. TuneIn Radio is now carrying podcasts, so Larry is preparing our podcasts for entry on that system. Larry also mentioned that companies like Sony, Philips, and Amazon now have TVs with talking menus, and they have been asking to go on the main menu stream to talk about the new features. Jeff Bishop reported that ACB Link has now been downloaded by over 5,000 people. There was an update to the app in March, and they are looking for Android users to test that version before release this fall. Nancy Becker, head accountant from the Minneapolis office, reported that the two staffs have been meeting weekly over the last year, which helps keep them connected and informed. They've moved to a new accounting software system, which takes time to learn. ACB's most recent audit yielded the highest level of approval for their accounting practices. President Charlson then entertained a motion to go into executive session to discuss legal, advocacy, and personnel issues. No action was taken.
Carla Rescheville gave her last report as treasurer. She reported that for the past several years, we have had to dip into reserves because the thrift store income that used to be the backbone of our budget no longer sustains us. We have been exploring new revenue streams, and last year ended with a $160,000 surplus. Carla cautioned that we still need to be careful with our expenses and continue to focus on exploring and solidifying new revenue initiatives. Charlson and the board thanked Carla for her contributions to ACB as its treasurer over the past six years. The board next heard reports from the new strategic planning team leaders. Eric reported that the development team took a look at the ACB budget in a programmatic way rather than the traditional line-by-line manner. Since three of the four other teams suggested that real growth in their focus area would require additional staffing, the team identified areas of strength as well as areas that need further growth so that we can sustain and continue to improve programs and services to our members and the community at large. Tom Tobin commented that the process the team engaged in over the last several months on weekly phone calls was helpful to him in getting a better overall view of the past and future goals of development. Then Dan Spoon gave more detail of the past to current progress and a look at future avenues for expanded growth. Nancy Becker took the same kind of programmatic look at our expenses so we can make sure our expenditures match our mission. There was very positive discussion from the board on the development team's report. Next, Kim asked Janet Dickelman, chair of the conventions and meetings team, to summarize their report. One initiative they identified is looking at people attending the convention virtually. Since people attending in person have to pay for programming, the team is considering a recommendation that there be a small charge for virtual attendance. The second initiative is setting up the ability for professionals to gain continuing education credits for attending convention sessions. The third initiative is giving help to conventioneers in two different directions. First, setting up a better system of getting health support for those who need it, with the individual paying part of the cost. Second, to make sure that new attendees and scholarship winners have a positive, well-thought-out and fully participatory conference and convention experience. Janet mentioned that the team was hoping to line up the funding and infrastructure for these initiatives for 2018. Katie Frederick, chair of the Marketing and Communications team, presented the team's report. This team wants to provide a more formalized approach to this area, first at the national level, but hopefully giving guidance to state and special interest affiliates. They also want to determine key messages for ACB communications. The team developed an elevator speech of who we are and a statement of our organization values, and they adopted the tagline, Together We Can Do Anything. The team plans to work with key ACB committees to see whether they can improve their communication efforts. It also wants to work with the BOP to see if there are policy improvements that will help ACB lists and social media outlets. George Holliday, chair of the membership and affiliates team, outlined the focus areas for his team. The team is running two focus groups during the convention and several others via teleconference to try to find out how ACB can improve programs and services to members and affiliates. The team's intention is to determine what might draw people to become and remain active contributing members. 
One area they are focusing on is creating some of our programming in Spanish. Tony Stevens, chair of the advocacy team, followed with his report. They came up with 25 action items that break down into three main categories, civil rights issues in areas such as rehabilitation and voting rights, technology issues such as home appliances and the Internet, and long-term issues such as accessible currency. I gave the report for the Board of Publications. I reviewed our convention activities such as the BOP monthly meetings, the candidates' pages on acb.org, and the candidates' forum, as well as a writer's workshop. The BOP will work with the marketing and communications team to see how we can improve in that area. A major project of the BOP this year has been a large print reader preference survey that was developed in partnership with CCLVI. We are gathering information with which to develop ACB guidelines for large print materials. Surveys were distributed and returned at the convention. If you would like to participate in the survey, or if you have one you would like to return, please contact Sharon Lovering in the National Office. Mini Mall News by Carla Rushevel. Fireworks! Let the sparks fly! The mini-mall at the 2017 ACB Conference and Convention shattered all previous records for sales during Convention Week. More than 325 customers purchased over $15,500 in ACB jackets, polo shirts, canes, tech items, tote bags, mugs and steins, and magnets, Braille Forum and DKM first-timer tickets, and so much more. To all who shopped at the Mini Mall, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to the Mini Mall committee and volunteers who gave hours and hours of time to make it all happen, you are amazing. 2017 Mini Mall workers in Reno included Patty and David Cox, Fran and Lyle Sign, DJ McIntyre, Vicki Vote, Cindy Laban, Carrie Bishop, and Deanna Noriega. You were awesome! Now it's time for affiliate conventions and to start planning for those holiday fundraisers. The Mini Mall can help. We have several popular items available at special discounts. Use them as thank you gifts, special recognitions, or chapter and affiliate fundraisers. Choose from our ACB stone coasters, available singly or in sets of two or four. Large print spiral-bound 2018 calendar planner books with the ACB logo and a space for you to add affiliate or chapter contact information. Low-vision-friendly ACB ink pens, our ever-popular aluminum card cases, and much more. Limited quantity clearance items also available. Affiliates and chapters are also invited to participate in the New Mall Partners email list. Find out more by calling or emailing the Mini Mall. You say you have no idea what to buy for that birthday, anniversary, thank you, or holiday gift? The Mini Mall's got you covered. Our brand new gift cards, available in amounts of $10 and up, are perfect for every occasion. Order online at mall.acb. Dot org, or call us at 1-877-630-7190. New products may be added to the mall at any time, and a new price list will be available in Braille, large print, and electronic format around mid-September. Some of the new items introduced at the ACB convention are ACB fleece jackets, 
ACB Silk Touch Polo Shirts, and 6- and 10-foot Lightning Charging Cables. Carry all your stuff in our new ACB Zippered Tote that says, ACB Sparks Success, and keep hydrated throughout the day with our ACB Color Trimmed Steel Tumbler. Check out our SD cards and flash drives, up to 256 gigabytes. Since convention, we have expanded our line of storage pouches, great for cables, flash drives, and other small stuff. Shipping is free when you order $50 or more of eligible items. For more information, visit the Mini Mall online at mall.acb.org or join our email list by sending a blank message to mall-subscribe at acblists.org. You may also email the Mini Mall at mall at acb.org or call us at 1-877-630-7190. ACB Radio Holiday Auction, The Fun Begins, by Carla Rushevel. It's time for ACB's 6th Annual Holiday Auction, coming to you live from Louisville, Kentucky, on ACB Radio on Sunday, December 3. It will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and will be on the air until midnight Eastern or until all items are sold. This year's auction promises to be a full evening of bidding and smiles and fun, fun, fun. The 2016 Holiday Auction was a huge success. Packed with holiday treats and great gift ideas, the auction raised over $12,500 for ACB Radio. The ACB Radio and Minneapolis staff and Holiday Auction Committee are teaming up to bring you a wonderful shopping experience and the perfect opportunity to support ACB Radio. But we need your help now to make the 2017 auction a success. Individuals, chapters, and affiliates, and businesses are invited to contribute items to the holiday auction. Some examples of popular items include candy, cookies, and other holiday treats, jewelry, techie stuff, handcrafted items, unusual music boxes, gift cards, and holiday decor. Join our 2017 Holiday Parade of States by contributing a food or other item traditional to your area. All items donated to the holiday auction will be displayed on our auction preview pages, available at www.acb.org. We plan to begin posting items in mid-October, so visit the preview pages often to see what's new. All donors will be acknowledged both on the website and on ACB Radio during the auction. Donors and winning bidders will also be spotlighted in the ACB Braille Forum in early 2018. Notify us now that you plan to contribute items to the auction. Share a description of each item with us so we can begin creating the preview page. Send all items except homemade goodies to our Minneapolis office as soon as possible. Deadline is November 1. The address is... American Council of the Blind, Attention, Holiday Auction, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430.
To donate items to the ACB Radio Holiday Auction, contact Carla Rushevel, Chair, at 502-897-1472 or C-A-R-L-A 40206 at com, or Brian Charlson, Vice Chair, at 617-926-9198 or B-R-I-A-N dot C-H-A-R-L-S-O-N at C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot org. Then mark your calendar and tune us in on Sunday, December 3, between 7 p.m. and midnight Eastern at www.acbradio.org on the ACB Link iPhone app or by calling 605-475-8130 from any telephone. Thanks in advance for your generous support of ACB Radio. Ski for Light 2018 The 43rd Annual Ski for Light International Week will take place January 21-28, 2018, in California's Sierra Nevada Mountains. Participants will ski at the Tahoe Donner Cross-Country Ski Area in Truckee, California, and stay at the Nugget Casino Resort outside Reno in Sparks, Nevada. Ski for Light Incorporated is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization founded in 1975. Each year, Ski for Light conducts a week-long event where blind and mobility-impaired adults are taught the basics of cross-country skiing. The event attracts upwards of 250 participants and guides. During the week, each skier is paired with an experienced, sighted, cross-country skier who acts as ski instructor and on-snow guide. Those who attend each Ski for Light week come from all over the U.S. and from several foreign countries. Many come to Ski for Light with the desire to become more physically active. Through the process of learning how to cross-country ski, most discover that they can accomplish much more than others have told them and much more than they themselves believed. The cost for the week is $950 per person, double occupancy. This includes room and all meals, round-trip transportation between the Nugget and Tahoe Donner, all trail fees and all afternoon and evening programs and activities. Skis, boots, and poles will be provided free of charge to first-time visually impaired participants. Partial stipends based on financial need are also available for first- and second-time visually impaired participants. Applications submitted after November 1 may be accepted only on a space-available basis. For more information, including the application, visit www.sfl.org or contact Melinda Hollins by email at mlholandstc at gmail.com or by phone at 231-590-0986. Affiliate News CCLVI Scholarships The Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, awards scholarships to outstanding low vision students who attend or will be attending accredited colleges and universities.
The 2017-18 to 18 recipients of the Fred Scheigert Scholarships are Sasha Samua, George Washington University, Cassandra Mendez, Ohio State University, and Jimmy Yoakum, Mississippi College. Applications for the 2018-19 to 19 Scheigert Scholarships will be available shortly. Eligibility requirements, the application process, and other details will be announced in the October eForum. ACB Officers President Kim Charlson Third Term, 2019 57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472 First Vice President Dan Spoon First Term, 2019 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554. Second Vice President, John McCann, Second Term, 2019, 8761 East Placita Boulevard, Tucson, Arizona, 85715-5650. Secretary, Ray Campbell, Third Term, 2019. 460 Rain Tree Court, Number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Treasurer, David Trott, First Term, 2019. 1018 East Street, S. Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate Past President, Mitch Pomerantz, 1115 Cordova Street, Number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, First Term, 2020. Denise Colley, Lacey, Washington, First Term, 2020. Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, Final Term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, First Term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, First Term, 2018. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Final Term, 2018. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, Final Term, 2018. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, Partial Term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, First Term, 2018. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, Partial Term, 2018. Ex officio, Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington. ACB Board of Publications, Ron Brooks Chairman, Phoenix, Arizona, Second Term, 2019. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, First Term, 2019. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, First Term, 2018. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, Second Term, 2019. Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington, First Term, 2018. Ex-Officios, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, Bob Hachet, Waltham, Massachusetts. Burl Cauley, Lacey, Washington. Carla Rushevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Accessing your ACB Braille and e-forums.
The ACBE form may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the web page in Word, plain text, or Braille ready file, or by phone at 605 475 8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, half-speed four-track cassette tape, data CD, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone, 605-475-8154. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader Stream or from www.acb.org slash bf slash.